Chapter 6 Another Secret Meeting Annie had almost finished the plate when Robert came around the corner of the stables. His sister was sitting with a mouthful of cheese and holding out a slice towards Rufus, who had come to investigate the little pink thing sitting on the floor. You shouldn't ruin your dress, said Robert. Mother will be angry if you do. He was feeling guilty for laughing at her and came to apologize. Still, she did look very queer and out of place, dressed up like that. Why do you care? She snorted. You laughed at me. I must look ridiculous. She pulled at the frilly hem of the dress and sighed. She felt like a human doily. Not at all, laughed Robert. I'm just not used to seeing you in dresses. You look rather nice, actually, he said with a smile. Annie squinted her eyes at the word her brother had chosen to describe her. Nice was not how she would describe her current appearance. A thorough biting might be just what he deserved. Rufus had already gobbled down the piece of cheese that Annie had offered him and decided it was time for a nap, right on Annie's lap. He brazenly leapt on top of her and began to turn around and around, trying to find the perfect spot to lie down. See? said Robert. Even Rufus likes your dress. The old cat curled himself up snugly and proceeded to purr loudly. What's going on here? came Ellie's voice from around the corner. The older girl walked over to where Annie was sitting on the floor of the stables. She tidied a section next to the girl and proceeded to gently sit down. Robert also dropped down, taking minimalistic care in where he sat. It was as if the day on the back of the buggy, driving around the farm, had loosened him up a little bit. Butter and Peanuts also came around the corner of the stables and proceeded to sniff at each of them before laying down beside the children. Where's Anton? asked Robert. He was burning to learn what the girls had managed, but it wouldn't be right if all their party wasn't present. He said he'll be by soon, replied Ellie, and that we should start so long. She gently stroked each of the dogs beside her and they looked up at her in admiration. Very well then, began Robert. Did you manage to get the key? The girls leaned in closer. Their second secret meeting had begun, and they were all terribly excited. It's on her keychain, replied Annie. I don't think it will be easy to get it off there. She never lets it out of her sight, according to Ellie. Also, it's rather large, so getting at it will cause quite a bit of noise. That's too bad, whispered Robert, frowning. We didn't have much luck ourselves. What are we to do? We simply must see the inscription in that ledger, and who knows? Maybe there's even more hidden in there. Just then, one of the dog's ears shot up, and they both raised their heads in anticipation. The children sat upright, fearing that they might be overheard. Anton came strolling around the corner and stood for a moment, admiring the scheming circle of children in front of him. What's going on here? he asked, finding himself a spot in the circle. Butter and Peanut immediately jumped up and went to sit next to him. They bustled about for a bit before resting their heads on his knees. You scoundrels! Ellie exclaimed, feeling betrayed by the dogs. She threw her hands up in the air and clicked her tongue. Their ears drooped as if they understood what she had said, and one of them slowly crept closer towards her, seeking forgiveness by resting his head on her knee. I was just kidding you little rascal, said Ellie, fervently scratching behind the dog's ear, causing him to pant and squint happily. They know when they've been naughty, laughed Annie. It's like they understand what you're saying to which the dogs barked in unison, as if to say they could indeed understand what the bull was saying. In any case, continued Robert, it seems like the girls had the same trouble we had in getting the key to the library. There was a moment of silence as they all tried to think of a solution to their problem. 
Anton brought his hand to his face and slowly rubbed his chin. Well, there might be another way, he said. They looked at each other for a second before fixing their gaze on him. Another way? They asked simultaneously and leaned in closer, awaiting Anton's explanation. When I was little, do you remember? I used to sneak into the library to read father's old war books. Mother once caught me out and gave me quite a hiding, said Anton. Yes, I remember, laughed Ellie. Not to mention all the times I had to cover for you when something went missing or was moved around in there. I could probably have been more careful, said Anton smilingly. In any case, when mother started catching on to what I was doing, she began to lock the library door. This was when I discovered that the rear window to the library had a faulty latch, which, if you would jiggle it with a piece of wire, would open and you could crawl through. That's excellent, exclaimed Robert, barely able to contain his excitement. Sneaking keys was one thing, but this was beginning to become more like a proper adventure than petty theft. There's only one problem, stated Anton. There's no way that I can still fit through that small window. I might have been able to a year or so ago, but it's just too small for me now. There was a moment's silence again, before the three older children's eyes fixed on Annie, as if they were all sharing the same thought. What? Me? Annie exclaimed, pointing her hands towards her chest. What makes you think I will fit through? Well, you are tiny, said Ellie, gesturing that Annie only reached up to her middle in height. Besides, none of us will fit through there. I'm not that tiny, Annie stated firmly, her arms crossed and her cheeks puffed. Rufus suddenly raised his head and gave her a short, sharp mouth, as if to indicate that she was not fooling anybody, not even him. The others laughed and finally Annie cracked a smile. After all, if anyone was going to be at the center of this adventure, it was going to be her. You are a good climber, aren't you? Robert said tauntingly. He knew how to get her to do what he wanted, and appealing to her pride usually did the job. Manipulation was the word. However, he preferred to call it gentle persuasion. I am the best climber, exclaimed Annie. Just show me a tree or a rock and I'll be on top of it in a jiffy. She snapped her fingers to show that she meant business. I'll show you right now, she added. Ever since she had seen the stables when they arrived at the farm, she was gearing to clamber up on the roof. That won't be necessary, said Robert. You'll have plenty of time to show us later on. Then it's settled. Annie will sneak into the library and retrieve the ledger so we can have a look at that curious inscription. Robert looked at them one by one and they all shared a nod of agreement. Their plan was set. Their second secret meeting was concluded and that night they would put their plan into motion. Supper had just finished and the parents were having coffee. The children had also finished their meals and were excitedly wishing the time away so that they could proceed with their plan. Robert cleared his throat and tapped his glass twice on the table. This was the signal and Annie sat upright in a chair. She raised her arms stretching above her head, closed her eyes and let out a loud yawn so as to draw attention to the fact that she was ready for bed. Then that should mother hear her yawning, it would only mean one thing. Bedtime for them all. Sweetheart, are you tired? asked mother from inside the sitting room. They could hear her standing up from a chair and beginning to walk towards the dining room. Hook, line and sinker, whispered Robert. The rest chuckled and waited for mother to arrive. All right, kids, time for bed, said Mrs. Darvel. She was expecting there to be more resistance towards this request, but the children immediately got up and obeyed her orders. I guess the day must have taken it out of them, said mother, as they watched the children quietly go up the stairs to get ready for bed. I've never seen them be so obedient. So, said Ellie, are we all set on the plan? 
The others nodded smilingly and quickly went to their rooms. It wasn't long before the mothers came to check in on the children. First Annie, then Robert and Anton. Ellie was old enough that she did not need to be tucked in at night, but her mother still stopped by her room to say goodnight anyway. The lights were soon out and the low, grumbling sound of father snoring echoed softly through the corridors. This was the signal. Almost simultaneously, the four doors to the children's rooms opened. They had agreed to all meet in Robert's room, since this was exactly above the library. Quietly, they closed their doors and snuck into Robert's room. Everybody ready? asked Anton as he opened the window. The ivies were thick and strong against the wall, leading all the way down to the lawn below, and would be very easy to climb, especially for someone as adept and lightweight as Annie. Wait, said Annie suddenly. Wait a second. She stood before the open window and held up her hand. Are you having second thoughts? Robert asked, hoping that because he was second in the wiry line, he would not have to fill in for his little sister. The last thing he wanted was to get stuck in a small window and then explain to his parents why they were sneaking around their host's house. No, she said angrily. The nerve to question her brevity. What if the ledger is too heavy for me to climb up with? It looked quite large and I'm sure I'll struggle to climb with it. Oh, I thought you were getting scared, said Robert, teasing the little girl. Me? Scared? exclaimed Annie. For a moment she had forgotten to keep her voice down. They paused, waiting to hear if her outburst had woken up anybody in the house. There was silence, and then the snoring continued down the corridor. Don't be stupid, whispered Robert, and gave Annie a swift flick on the shoulder. That was close, said Ellie. Now, if we are all done... She gave Robert and Annie a stern yet playful look. Annie considered retaliating against the attack on her, but decided against it. She'll get him back somehow in any case. I have a plan, said Anton, and rushed to the closet. He pulled a fresh pair of bed linen out from the top shelf and proceeded to fashion a rope out of the material. Excellent, said Robert, immediately understanding what the other boy was planning. It seems like the kind of plan that he himself would have envisioned. Now, let me go down first so I can open the window, said Anton, and in seconds he was dangling from the windowsill. Annie couldn't help but be impressed by the boy's agility and wondered if he would be up for a tree climbing challenge sometime during their visit. Anton expertly grappled the ivies on the side of the building and proceeded to climb down towards the small ledge at the library window. He pulled a rolled up piece of wire from his trouser pocket and began to uncoil it. He bit his bottom lip as he pressed his head against the wall, trying to get the wire hook to reach the latch on the inside of the window. It was clear that he hadn't done this trick in quite some time, but eventually there was a faint clicking sound and the window opened. Swiftly he climbed back up the wall and slipped back into Robert's room. That was awesome, exclaimed Annie, once again raising her voice a little too high to her companion's liking. She placed her hands over her lips, her eyes glistening. Shush, said Robert sternly. He once again aimed his flicking finger at her shoulder, but she pulled to the side and gave him a stern look before walking over towards the window. Robert and Anton each held one of her arms and began to slowly lower her out of the window until she had a firm grip on the lush bushes covering the walls. She had her reservations at first, but her weight was more than supported by the plants and she swiftly made her way down onto the ledge. It was a tight fit, but Annie made it safely through. Anton followed her, perched himself on the windowsill and handed her a torch. She was fumbling to get it working and gave the thing a few stern smacks and suddenly a bright flash shot directly into her eyes. Annie pulled her head back, in the process dropping the torch. With a loud thud, it fell to the floor and proceeded to roll under the reading chair where Mrs. Darvel sat down when she read to them out of the book. Is everything alright? 
came the whispering voice of Robert from above. Yes, yes, replied Annie, rubbing her eyes, trying to regain her vision while simultaneously crawling after the rolling torch on the floor. She promptly scampered to her feet and pointed the torch towards the coffee table. The ledger was still where Mrs. Darvel had left it, and Annie rushed over. It was heavier than she had initially thought, and picking it up was difficult. She breathed a self-congratulatory sigh that she had shared her reservations about the weight of the book. Suddenly there came a loud barking from outside the window, followed by a loud thud from inside the library. Butter and Peanut had seen the goings-on and could not contain themselves any longer. They snuck up behind Anton, who was still crouched on the windowsill, and asked him what he was doing. Anton nearly lost his footing and grabbed onto some ivies, nearly ripping those off the wall before finally managed to hold his balance. Shut up, whispered Anton. The dogs drooped their ears, not understanding what was going on, and looked at each other before sitting down right beneath the window, staring up at the strange spectacle playing out in front of them. This was truly a strange way of playing, they thought. Anton turned towards the window again and peered inside to see a shocked Annie staring back at him. The ledger was on the floor in front of her, and her face was contorted in tremendous fear. What happened? he asked. Are you alright? I dropped it, said Annie. The dogs. The barking. It gave me a fright and I dropped the book. They must have heard it. It was so loud. Anton swiftly dropped the rolled up linen through the window while Annie struggled to pick up the ledger. They had to make haste. If anybody heard the noise combined with the dogs barking, they might come and investigate, fearing housebreakers might have tried to break in. Can you reach the sheet? asked Anton, wishing he could slip through the window and help the struggling Annie carry the heavy book. Yes, I think so, she replied, panting heavily. She was just about at the open sheet lying on the floor when there came two sharp tugs on the sheet from above. Oh no, said Anton. That's the signal that there's movement upstairs. You'll have to hurry. Somebody must have heard the book falling and the dogs barking. Hurry up! I'm going as fast as I can, Annie said anxiously, giving up on trying to remain silent. She struggled to place the book on top of the linen and proceeded to tie it up as neatly as she could. All done? asked Anton, extending his hand towards her. We don't have much time. He was nearly halfway through the window already. He hooked his feet around the ivies and extended his arms as far as possible. Yes, I think so replied Annie, and tested the knot by giving it a thorough tug or two. It was the best she could do in such a short amount of time, and it had to hold. It just had to. Anton pulled on the sheet and released, indicating that Robert and Ellie should start pulling it upwards. Annie's heart was in her throat for every inch that the ledger was moving, until finally it reached the top of the window sill. She breathed a sigh of relief and gave the wrapped book a final push upwards when there came a metallic sound from the library door. Wait! she whispered, flinging her head around violently and staring down the door. What was that? asked Anton. I don't know, replied Annie anxiously. I think someone is at the door. Her eyes grew to the size of saucers. I'm going to be caught out, she added nervously. What should I do? Quickly, hide behind the chair, said Anton, finally lifting the ledger out through the window and holding it tightly against his chest as he balanced on the windowsill. Annie quickly dove behind the chair. She curled her knees up to her chest, switched off the torch, and held it tightly. The bulky door creaked open and heavy footsteps slowly crossed the wooden floor to the desk at the far end of the library. A large figure stood hovering over the desk. Annie stretched her neck, trying to make out who it was. The desk light went on with a loud click. It was Mr. Darvel. He was not looking all too well, Annie noticed. His face was almost ghostly white, drenched in sweat, and his hands were shaking. 
He opened the top drawer of the desk and fiddled with it for a moment before pulling out an old envelope. Annie could barely see the contents, but the envelope seemed to be quite bristled from age. Mr. Darwell carefully opened the envelope onto the desk and removed a collection of handwritten letters. He read the letters in silence, and after staring at the papers for a good five minutes, proceeded to return it to the envelope before placing it back in the top drawer. He switched off the light, turned, and began walking towards the door. Annie was just about to ready herself to leave when Mr. Darvel paused. He slowly turned his head towards the open window, the exact same window that was to be Annie's escape route, and the exact same window where Anton was perched. His eyes caught a beam of moonlight, shining in through the opening and reflecting off the copper door handle. He looked wild, bewildered even, and he could feel her heart pounding as he came closer towards her, placing his foot right next to where she was crouching. She held her breath, hoping they would not hear her small lungs exasperating. He walked right up to the window and stared out into the distance for a second and sighed before latching the window closed. Anton had somehow managed to get the ledger and himself up to Robert's room without making a sound, and the dog seemed to have lost interest in the activities of the small humans. Finally, Mr. Darvel closed the door behind him and made his way back upstairs. In Robert's room, Anton and Ellie were cowering behind the bed, while Robert had tucked himself in, pretending to be asleep should whoever be walking around inside the house decide to look in. Fortunately, nobody came looking, and after hearing the door close down the corridor, they immediately shut up and peered out the window. Are you going down again? asked Robert as Anton began to scramble to the window. I have to. I think I heard the window latch close, replied Anton. Besides, Annie won't be able to pull herself up, so I'll need to help her. Just be careful, said Ellie, clutching her hands together. She feared most that Annie would be caught out in the library, but since whoever it was that went in there was obviously already back in bed, the path had to be safe. Anton disappeared through the window just as a heavy cloud appeared in front of the moon, dowsing the landscape in complete darkness. Robert and Ellie were holding their breaths, trying to remain calm. They could hear him rustling along the ivies until the sound stopped. He must have been at the windowsill. Can you see her? asked Robert, his entire torso sticking out from the window. He could barely make out Anton's shoulders and head in the darkness. Ellie stood in the back and watched as Anton's face emerged suddenly from outside. No, I couldn't see anything. The window was latched. I tried to jimmy it open with a wire, but it wouldn't budge. He jumped in through the window and dusted off his hands on his trousers. Oh my goodness, cried Ellie. How are we going to get her out of there? What if she has to spend the rest of the night in the library? We will most certainly be caught out. She was beginning to become rather hysterical and placed her hand over her mouth to calm herself down. Shush, do you want to wake up the entire house? said Anton who had barely managed to get his upper body into the room when they heard a floorboard creak outside the door. Their blood froze and they stared in horror as the doorknob began to turn. The door opened and a securely placed foot emerged in the dusky shadows. It was Annie. Annie! exclaimed Robert, relieved. How did you manage to get out? We thought you were trapped down there and that we all would certainly get caught out. Mr. Darvel didn't lock the door after he leapt, she replied. I could just slip out and come upstairs. Father? asked Ellie. Was it our father that went in there? She had a puzzled expression over her face. What was he doing in there at this time of night? I'm sure I've heard him walking around a few times over the past few weeks in the dead of night, but I wasn't sure. Not until now. I couldn't really see him all too well, but it looked like he was reading an old letter, replied Annie. 
It was definitely a paper of sorts. A letter? Asked Ellie, skewing her brow. Why would he wake up in the middle of the night to read a letter? She looked somewhat worried and struggled to hide this fact. An old one, in a yellowish envelope in the top desk drawer. I couldn't really see what was written on it, but it was definitely incredibly old. The edges were yellow and crumply. Annie rubbed her fingers together as if to show that the paper would likely disintegrate if one were to handle it too roughly. Curious, whispered Robert. I wonder what could be written in that letter. Whatever it is, it must be quite important. Moreover, said Annie, he looked as if he had seen a ghost. His hands were shaking and his face was as white as a sheet. Never mind that now, said Anton sternly. He was already busy unwrapping the ledger on top of the bed. Let's see what else we can learn from this book and let's hurry up before someone else comes sneaking around the house. He placed the ledger down carefully and they all gathered around as he slowly turned to the first page of the book.